You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. As I was thinking about today and I was preparing, I really wanted to, and I felt from God, to prepare us for the season that we are in. And we are about to walk into Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays and family conversations and new friends. And I really felt like I don't just want life to happen to us. I don't want to just move through the season and go, what what just happened? What did I just walk through? No, let's prepare for the season in which we are in. And it's a special season, I feel. I mean, this is Thanksgiving. It's pumpkin spice lattes and peppermint mocha lattes and music playing in the streets and people singing of Jesus and not realizing it. And I just love that with carols and Christmas. And how many of us just, I kind of was just getting like, you have those like moments of nostalgia and um, nothing better to get into the season than by watching like classic movies. Right, so we watch things like Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, Um, how many people like Elf or Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, you know, just depending on what end of the spectrum you're in. And you're watching these movies and you're drinking the drinks and the foods that you're not supposed to eat, but you do. And then you're just having this moment of like wholesomeness, like this is all things good. And it's this little bubble, this little pocket of time that you're just like, this is wonderful. And to get us into that season, I want to play a little clip from It's a Wonderful Life. So can you shut up? Well, who are you? I told you, George, I'm your guardian angel. What is it you want, Mary? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Welcome home, Mr. Bailey. Sandimental hogwash. I wish I had a million dollars. Mr. and Mrs. Martini, welcome home. This is what I wished for. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. How good is that? The title of my message today is called It's a Wonderful Life. And sometimes we have to realize and remember and go back a little bit to remember why it's just so wonderful. And I was kind of having that moment of nostalgia, actually thinking about our church thinking about awakened church. And I was like, just like that pocket, that bubble of joy and this moment of wholesomeness in time. I'm like, that's how awakened church is. Like when you come to this place and sometimes we hear those snarky remarks, like you live in a bubble. And I'm like, yes, I do. And please don't pop it. Like if I am in a snow globe, please join me. Like I ain't coming out. Like I have, I have loved what I have found in this church. And I've been a part of the church for 14 years. 
And every week it gets better and better. And I just was having this moment during this season of going, I just love the community that I am in. I love the church that I am in. And I'm going to share today four reasons why I love Awaken Church. These are four reasons on why I am grateful to Awaken Church, because I do believe that we are in a bubble and it's on purpose. I believe that this church what didn't just happen by accident. There was design behind it. There was purpose. This was not an accident. And so I'm going to share some of the things that we are built on and why and how we can have a wonderful life. You with me? We're doing good? Okay, so number one, I am grateful that our church and community is modeled after and from the Bible. Our church, like I said, was designed on purpose. It was based out of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the book of actions, meaning it's never meant to end. The church is forever meant to move forward. But the seed of the very first church started in the book of Acts. And if we read, and I encourage us to do that, the book of Acts, and we read about the early church and the first church that, that, that came about, it actually resembles a lot of what we are experiencing here today. I truly believe that we are a harvest of the seed that was first sown in the early church and that pastors Jurgen and Leanne modeled this church after the very first church. And when you think about that, like, you know, modeling a, a church after a church, I kind of think about it like this. When I talk about um, growing up, I am originally from New York, but I grew up in Ecuador. And I always share with people when they ask me, well, what is Ecuador like? Where is the, you know, the city that you live in? What is, what's it like? And one of the ways for me to describe it is I'll tell people, well, I lived in the city of Cuenca. And Cuenca was modeled after a European city. So it has a very much a European feel to it. There's cobblestone roads and little cafes and shops. And there's a lot of culture and there's a lot of art. And it's this beautiful city that I got to grow up in. So I talk about the city that it was modeled after, and it allows us to understand what we are living in now. And I feel like it's the same way when we talk about our church being modeled after the very first church. It has the same feel. It has the same type of blessing. It has the same type of miracle signs, wonders that happened in the book of Acts happen here. And that's by design. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to read the word of God. And so um, in the book of Acts, just to kind of set the scene a little bit, um, we have Peter and John and all of the disciples. And um, in the first couple chapters of the book of Acts, this is where Jesus has already um, died and he resurrected and he's about to ascend to heaven. And as he's ascending to heaven, he's telling the disciples uh, to wait, to, to start the church, to empower the people, to wait for the Holy Spirit. And so as Jesus ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit descends um, on earth and to the disciples. And the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit Spirit, all the disciples that were there that day. And then Peter steps out and he speaks the word of God. And as Peter steps out to speak the word of God, there's something different about Peter. He was now filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he steps out and he begins to speak, all of a sudden people are filled with the power and the presence of God. And the Bible says that 3000 people were added to the church that day. Now there's got to be something special about 3,000 people being added to the church that day. Like, I'm sure Peter spoke before. 
What was different, it was that he was now empowered by the Spirit of God. And miracles began to happen. And so as that's happening, uh, that, that created some waves in Israel and in the courts. And there were some people that were getting upset and threatened by this power. And the law of the land uh, felt, felt very threatened. They would say things like this. You'll find this in the Bible. They would say things like, these people have been with Jesus. I hope they say that about us one day. I could tell these people, they've been around Jesus, these awakened people. They've been awakened to something. And then they would say things like, the, the, these disciples, these people, they, they've done miracles like Jesus. They have power. And, and the courts of the day, they wanted, to, they wanted to stop that power. They wanted their human control to continue. And so they became a threat. And when Peter and John discovered this, now being empowered by the Holy Spirit, they began to pray. And I'm going to pick up the story there. It says in Acts 4.31 through 35, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. The believers shared their possessions. All all the believers were united in heart and in mind, and they felt that, that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. What an incredible church. What an incredible blueprint to build this kind of church. And I honestly believe that what they experienced then is what we are experiencing in our community right now. Can you imagine not one needy person among them giving of their talents, their ability of who they were? We're going we're gonna to chat just a little bit about that. But I'm just grateful for a church that is built both on the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? Okay. Point number two, I am grateful for our church who cares for one another. I'm grateful for our church who cares for one another. The Bible says in John 13, 34, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. First Peter 4, 8 through 9 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I love this, that the two greatest commandments that God ever gave was to love God with all of your heart and then to love one another. Those are the two greatest things that we can do. And I love that right there in the middle of that, it shows how to care. It says to offer hospitality to one another. And if I were honest with you, I believe that hospitality has become a lost art in the Western world. And I... Um, you know, I really learned about hospitality years and years ago. My family, first of all, we are Italian and Jewish. So I come from a very loud, expressive family. You're like, you talk with your hands. I'm like, oh, yes, I do. And um, at my family dinners, whoever talked louder got heard. That's like how it worked in our house. And I would wake up in the morning and I can remember I was raised Christian and I would wake up in the morning and my dad would always have like these men's prayer meetings run out of our home. So I'd always wake up to all of these men praying, which was awesome, but I also just wanted cereal. But I'm glad that I grew up in that kind of house. And then my mom was just so wonderful in her hospitality. And she would literally invite people over and set the table. And, and if the, I remember she would look at the dinner table. And if there wasn't something, she's like, oh, it, 
there's no color. I'm going to go make a salad. Hold on, hold on. Like it had to be colorful and appealing and draw people in. That's the kind of environment that I grew up in. And um, when I came you know, back to the U.S. And, and kind of, you know, joined our, you know, wonderful world here. I did stumble upon things like Starbucks and restaurants and all of this. But I began to realize that you could have 11 cups of latte Starbucks with people and still not know them. But when you open up your house or they open up theirs and you walk in and you have a coffee or a meal together and you see their environment and their feel and you're like, I know you. Like I can actually get to know you and I think that there is a transparency and a vulnerability that we have to get back to as a church to deeply love one another. We have to go beyond the superficial highs and hellos to actually knowing one another. And I know I'm speaking to the choir because that's what this church was built on. It is exactly who we are. And I can remember, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. I think we have to remind ourselves to practice our Christianity. Because, you know, when it comes to the holidays and, you know, you're going to have all your family dinners or people coming over, that kind of thing, maybe people you haven't seen in a while, nothing like family to bring out the worst in you. Like, how does it happen? It's like anybody could say anything and then your family member says something, you're like, oh, no, you didn't. Which just like comes up like who you are. Um, and what I've realized is, and this is why I want to prepare us well, is that um, as Christians, I've seen over the years, many people come into the house of God and they get saved and they're on this beautiful journey and then they go back to their family. They go back to their friends and then they expect everyone else to be different. Can I just share a little nugget that's helped along the way? Is that we're the ones that changed. We have to not look at everyone else as they have to change and they have to, or they have changed. They haven't yet, but perhaps if we live out our Christianity in front of them, if we are kind when kindness is not asked, if we can actually be nice when they have a bad attitude. You know, when we look at people through the eyes of eternity, we can look over some bad attitudes. We're able to, just like the Bible said, we're able to look beyond the superficial and the anger of the day and the uncle that always gets drunk and Sally, who's always ridiculous and, you know, all the things. And if everybody has one, we all have one. We have that aunt, we have that uncle. But what if when we go to the dinner table this time, we're the one that's different? What if we look at them and we just let it water off a duck's back? I'm just going to let those words roll on off. How do we do that? We do that when we have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. We don't lean more into our human nature. We lean more into our God nature. And from that place, we're able to overlook some of these things. And then perhaps we're the face of Jesus to them. How about they're looking at us going, maybe there's something, wow, why is she so different now? What's happened to her? We're like, I was awakened. I'm in that bubble that I don't want to pop. We're doing good. And um, I hold on to this really strongly. And, and you may think, well, this isn't deep enough teaching. Let me prepare you. It is. Because we don't need to make a lot of things complex. God makes things very simple. 
And um, I can remember after living here in the U.S. for a while, I went back to Ecuador and I was visiting my family and my sister invited me over and she said, um, Stacy, uh, can you come over to the house? I'm going to have some ladies over. We're going to make empanadas. And I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds great. And then I'm thinking, well, empanadas take like forever to make and they're not really expensive. So I was like, hey, you know what, Deanna, why don't I just um, pick up some empanadas on my way there? And then there was like silence on the phone. And I'm like, awkward turtle, like what's happening? And she goes, um, Stacy, um, no, I do not want you to buy empanadas. She goes, I don't know if you realize this, but um, one of the ladies I invited over the house, she's just gone through a horrible, abusive relationship that she just got out of. And another lady that's coming just um, walked through a divorce. She never thought that she would have been a part of. And this one, and a death in the family. And she said, the reason why we're making empanadas is because it takes hours to make empanadas. And if these women can sit in my house and they can put their hands to something, then just maybe they might open up and they might share about the things that are going on in their life. And you and I get the honor and the opportunity to minister to them for hours. No, I don't want you to buy empanadas. I want you to minister. I want you to make them. <laughs> And I learned a powerful lesson on hospitality, opening the door to people's hearts. I'm not buying empanadas. Never again. Never again. And you might look at me and go, oh, well, Stacy, like you're Miss Hospitality. You come from hospitality. I can't do that. Listen, if you need to Uber Eats and change the plate that it comes in and, and, and make it beautiful and serve, listen, all of us can learn a way to be hospitable. And if you're sitting here thinking, well, I wish I was the one that would get invited, then be the inviter. Come on, step out and be the inviter. And you will find relationships begin to flourish and you will find God coming through in these conversations. Okay, point number three. I am grateful for our church who gives to God and to each other. In the book of Acts, Luke records that the early church's growth was fueled by two giving trends. And this, these giving trends from 2,000 years ago work today. And it's the principle of non-cash giving and collaborative giving. So not only in the book of Acts and in the first church did they give in tithes and in offerings, but they also gave of their talent, gifting, and ability. What if our church became fully alive and we gave out of our talent, gifting, and ability. This is above the, the financing of the house of God and the things of God. This is now we're actually going to interact, be of one heart, be of one mind, like the Bible says. Remember what it said. It said, now the full number of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. And no one said that any of these things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Can I put it to you that that is a conviction of the heart, not a law? You cannot legislate a heart transaction. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimonies to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, laid it at the feet of the apostles and it's distributed each as any had need. You could read on in that chapter. There's two really good case studies, actually, um, that are given right after that. And I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but really bringing that alive. It's a really, you should really read that chapter. And in the book of, of Acts, 
Because you might be thinking, well, if we're giving everything that we have to one another, like that's communism. No, 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 no. Communism never works. You cannot legislate the giving of, 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 of what we have to one another. That is a conviction and a transaction of the heart. Finances and solving community problems are always a transaction and conviction of the heart, not a law. And I have seen this firsthand in my life. So like I said, I have been at this church for 14 years and I started sowing seed on the day that I arrived and I kept sowing. And this year, um, I won't go into the whole story, but it was absolutely extraordinarily miraculous in purchasing a home here in San Diego. Yes, amazing. And um, it's a crazy, incredible faith miracle story. Um, buying a new home that is being built. I will have the keys on December 3rd in the name of Jesus, which is exciting. But I had to exercise my faith for that. And I honestly even just thought like, if I could just sign on the dotted line, like if I could just get the house. But I had forgotten the community that I'm a part of because I have experienced in the last six months, not just getting a house, but a community building it. And let me explain. Not only was I able to buy the house, but then because it's new, there's the opportunity for all the upgrades and all the things. And I was like, well, I'm not going to have, you know, all the finances for that. And then people in the church just started finding out about me buying the house. And all of a sudden people started giving of their talent and their ability in areas that I lacked. Like I am not a technical human being and I don't understand Wi-Fi and, and sound and how it all happens. It's wonderful, but I don't know how to put that together. And there was a guy in our church and he's like, Stacy, that's what I do for a living. Let me go ahead. When are you moving in? I'm going to do all of your sound and build it into the ceiling. I'm going to give you all of the sound equipment. I'm going to set up your Wi-Fi. This is what I do. I'm like, what? And then uh, an interior designer comes to me and she goes, Stacy, I'm an interior designer. Come to my studio. And I'm like, I can't afford any of your designs. Like they're awesome. And they're like boutique hotels, my favorite. Um, but like, but I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go see. And so I go and I get there and she does a whole dream board with me. And then she's like, what, what do you need? What's left? And I start to explain a few things. And long story short, she gets me all of my tile for a special tile, you know, in the bathroom and then the backsplash for the kitchen and then um, a beautiful dining, you know, light and all these things and literally people coming out of the woodworks. And I realized I didn't ask once. The community built my house. Like, it's so extraordinary. This is the way that God designed the church, that we would give to one another from our gifting, from our talent, from our ability. That's the kind of church that we're a part of. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, nice for you, Stacy. You're on a stage talking about it. People know. Listen to me. I am the product. This is a harvest of 14 years of me sowing my life into people, sowing of what I have into the hearts of people. And 14 years later, I am reaping the most extravagant, the most wonderful harvest. So if you want what I have, sow now. If you want what I have, sow now. It's the principle of God, it works. We can all live a wonderful life. And it is a wonderful life. My last point, point number four, I'm grateful for our church that is sensitive to and led by the Holy Spirit. 
and we know our identity and authority in and through Jesus Christ. Those two things are really important. It's important to have a church that's built on the word of God, the Bible. It's important to actually believe those words and live them out like the book of actions. That's who we are. That's who pastors Jurgen and Leanne, that's what they built this church from. And then it's important that we know our identity and our authority because then we know what we have access to. So the, the, the Bible is so wonderful. It says this in Psalm 23, 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, in the middle of the conflict, in the middle of the family fight, in the middle of the mess. The Bible says that there is a table prepared for us where we will commune, where we will engage with God himself and with each other. Why do we live in the awakened bubble? Because we get everything that we need here to go out there. We are actually receiving of the Holy Spirit, building relationship with one another so that we can be witnesses out there. So that people will take notice of what's different about us. You've been around Jesus. You're that, that awakened church. I don't want to burst the bubble. I just want to invite people in. Come experience what I've experienced. The Bible tells us that in Acts 16, 19, the Bible says, I will give you the keys. The keys are what? Authority. I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, you forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, you permit, you declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. What does that mean? That means if we know our identity, we know who God is, then we have the keys to the kingdom because he said he will give us what he has and more. So do we understand what we have in our hands? We have the opportunity to bind darkness, to tell torment to leave, to tell evil, see you later. We have an opportunity to do that because Jesus already died that we would be set free. It's already been enforced, so all we have to do is authorize that enforcement. We don't even have to. People think, oh, I need to get all loud and crazy. No, 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 no. You just have to know who you are. The more that you lean into and know the Jesus inside of you, the more that you will see evil and go, you leave. You believe it and it goes. That's the authority that you know that you have in the spirit of God. So how good of God to go, you know what? You can bind darkness. You can tell generational strongholds to leave. You don't have to live with fear. You don't have to live with shame. You don't have to live with all those things. You can bind them. You can tell them to leave through the name of Jesus. He died that we would be free. Then on the other side of it, I love it because God doesn't just leave us fighting battles and darkness. He says, no, 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 step into the light. You have access to the love of God, to the healing anointing of God, to the miracles of God. You have access to a God who loves us. That's the same yesterday, today, and forever. forever. That's unconditional, his love. It's so different than any human love. It's extraordinary. And so God says, I am giving you the keys to the kingdom. Exercise your authority. Take rule over darkness and step into the love and the light of God. Why is that important? It's so important that we understand that because there's a world out there. There's people that desperately need to know our Jesus. 
And I, um, a couple years ago, I was living downtown and um, I often take walks and I would go on a prayer walk on the harbor at night. And if you're a security person or usher, you're gonna be a little bit annoyed at me right now. I understand. Just walk with me, it's gonna be fine. I do take pepper spray with me when I walk, okay? I understand that it's dangerous and I take a little bit of responsibility, okay. So they always get nervous when I tell this story. So I'm walking at, at, at night and you know, it's kind of late, but I wanna go on a prayer walk and I love walking and praying. I love, and so I went with a friend and we're just walking down the harbor and we're walking and we're praying and I begin to pray in English. And then like the early disciples, I'm filled with the spirit of God. So I begin to pray in tongues, a language not known to me, but known to God, a prayer language. And I begin to pray and I'm just praying and I'm praying. And I love doing that because then just miracles happen. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that's amazing. And so I'm walking. And then as I'm walking back, I hear um, this couple and I hear, and this guy yells out and he says, hey, hey, can you stop for a second? And I'm like, I stop and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this could go either way. There was a little couple standing there and they looked a little bit disheveled. And I was like, ah, oh, do I stop? Do I go? And I just felt from the Holy Spirit to stop and have a conversation. Now, let me say in saying that, do not put yourself in harm's way, okay? You have to be smart about this and you have to know in your knowing that it was Jesus himself. But I had one of those moments. And so I stopped and he said, were you, were you praying? And I said, yes. He said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He said, were you praying to Jesus? And I said, yes, why? And he said, because I felt power. I felt something. And he said, you know what? If I was honest with you, I, I started to remember as I heard you praying, I started to remember when I used to go to church when I was a kid in kids' church. And I started to remember the stories about Jesus. And if I was honest with you, I haven't thought about that in a really long time. And our lives are a mess. And we're passing through San Diego. And I just heard you praying. And I knew it had to be Jesus. And, and I want what you have. It's my favorite type of evangelism. They ask you what you have. You live your life as a Christian in front of people. They will want what you have. You don't have to go through the arguments. You don't have to go through the rights and wrong. Live your life. And they will want what you have. So I said to him, I said, yes. And right there on the harbor, I said, you can have what I have. And my friend and I led this beautiful couple to Jesus. Their eternity was reconciled, but how many people know we don't just get people saved. It's the beginning. We're part of a church that's alive. I said, well, if you want what I have, I wanna give you all of what I have. And so they got saved, but then we also had the incredible opportunity to share with them about the Holy Spirit. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in tongues. They had such an encounter with God that literally they are crying. The snot is coming out. Like they are like filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we were able to break off generational strongholds of poverty over their life. And I'm like, look, you're about to live the best life that you have ever lived. I wanna give you everything that I have. And right then and there, save, fill with the Holy Spirit, breaking off generations of poverty, giving them an opportunity to live a wonderful life. Church, that is what we are a part of. And I'm no different than you as we begin to live out our life in front of people. And let me tell you, I am not perfect. 
and I am on a journey of failing my way forward. But that's what I love about our church is that we actually speak from our transparency. We speak from our vulnerabilities. We don't preach words of how we should be, but we actually preach from what we are and what we have learned because we're all on the journey together. Could everybody please stand to their feet? I'm very grateful to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I'm grateful to Awaken Church. And can I tell you, I'm grateful for you. We're the community of believers. What if during this holiday season, we're able to lay some of our human nature aside and lean into our God nature and people might just see Jesus in us. How extraordinary, how wonderful as people are able to see Jesus on the inside of us. So I want you to close your eyes right now And I'm going to pray for everyone, but I do want to pray for people that maybe you're like the two people on the harbor. Maybe if you were honest with yourself, you knew Jesus and you knew his ways, but it's been a while since you've actually encountered him or it's been a while since you've lived your life truly for Jesus. Maybe you're new here and it's the first couple of weeks you've been coming and you're like, you know what, Stacy, I don't get everything that you said, but, but I want what you have. Then I want you to do something. I want you to just lift your hand to heaven because I want to pray with you. I want to give you that same opportunity. I see that hand. Amazing. I see that hand. Extraordinary. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands going up. Wonderful. Just raise your hand to heaven. I see that hand. Amazing saying, yes, I want what you have. I want Jesus. I want to live my life for God. I see that hand. And I want to do something. I want to personally pray with you. I want you to have an encounter with Jesus because what we are doing today is not information. It's a transaction of the heart. And I want you to experience Jesus. I was telling somebody in the last service, when I, when I, when I come up onto this altar and begin to speak and minister, I don't want people just to, to, to have information. I want them to have what I have. I want them to be able to see the world through the eyes of Jesus. I want people to see each other through the love of the Spirit of God that overlooks some things. I want people to experience breakthrough in their life. So if that was you and you lifted your hand or you know you should have, can I ask you just to come out of your seat and walk forward to this altar where your life can literally be altered. And there was a lot of you in this place. So just make your way out of your seats. I know I saw you there in the fourth row there and up in the back over there. Just make your way out. I want to shake your hand and I want to pray with you this morning. And if you're with a friend that raised their hand, just come on out. Come on, you can do it. There was a whole bunch of you. Come on, let's cheer these people on. So wonderful, come forward, wonderful. You know, it's just like in that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Come on, just keep going forward. Do you know in that movie, Yes, wonderful. It talks about people like angels, they get their wings, but 
I know this, that when one person gets saved in the house of God, the entire heaven is partying. Entire heaven is celebrating. So we're going to celebrate with you this morning. And I'm really um, grateful and proud of you for stepping out. It's a big deal to step outside of what you have and what you have known, to step into something new. But you've done it. And can I tell you, it's going to be incredible. This is the best decision or re-engagement with Jesus that you have ever had in your whole life from this point forward can be forever changed. So I want to do this. Why don't y'all just close your eyes and in church, we're going to all close our eyes. We're going to pray a prayer together. And because we're a church community and a church family, we're going to all pray this prayer because those of you that are up front, we're with you. We've all done this probably more times, more than one time. That's okay to engage with Jesus. So I want everybody to just repeat after me, and especially those of you that have come forward. So would you repeat after me? God, come on, let's hear it in this place. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. And that Jesus, you resurrected and sent me your Holy Spirit. I receive you, Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And I welcome every good gift from heaven above. I take responsibility for my life and I hand it to you. And I thank you that it will be the most wonderful life with you, Jesus, in it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's all celebrate. Amen. 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 So extraordinary. You've just found yourself in a family of believers, and you've got some of the best people behind you that are going to walk you through your next steps, whatever you want those next steps to be. Um, And we're just going to pray again with you and just answer any questions that you might have. But it's been my honor and my privilege to lead you to your Savior. He's extraordinary, and your life will never be the same again in the best of ways. So if you could go to my left, your right, to the response lounge, these beautiful people are going to take a second to pray with you just real quick. And then we'll have you right back here. And before I hand it over, hand the mic over, could we all raise our hands to the heavens? I want to pray for us today. Just close your eyes and begin to engage with your Savior. If we're honest with ourselves, we need continual saving. And God's so good. And let today just be a reminder of God's love for us and who we are in God and what we can be to those that surround us, that we have the extraordinary privilege and opportunity to be part of the bubble that is Awakened Church so that we can receive everything that we need in this place to go out there and give the world what they really need, the love of Jesus. God, oh God, I thank you for these beautiful, extraordinary people. I thank you, God, that they set aside time in their day to engage with you, the God of the universe and the God of you and me. Lord, I thank you right now that you are ever present in our time of need. And today, knowing our identity and our authority in you, that we are sons and daughters of the living God, that we have access to everything in your kingdom. Today, with that authority, 
authority. We rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. We tell you demonic spirits to leave in the name of Jesus. You spirit of fear and torment and shame right now. We declare it broken. You have to leave. These are sons and daughters of the living God. We will walk in peace and joy and faithfulness. So Lord, we declare right now generational strongholds broken. Anything that is not of you broken right now in the name of Jesus. We declare a new day and we step into the love of your spirit. We step into the wonderful life that you paid a very high price to give us. Lord, we thank you right now that everything that you died for, we would take the responsibility to live and that we would truly live. Lord, I thank you right now for peace that surpasses understanding. That when things don't make sense, oh God, and yet there is peace that comes from your spirit. I thank you for joy that adds no sorrow with it. Lord, I thank you right now for miracles and for healing anointing right now to flow in this room and in this place. And for those of you that in your houses listening and watching this, I thank you, God, that you're infilling that space, that the power of your presence is ministering to each and every one of us that engages with you. Lord, we receive of you today. We receive of your spirit. Lord, fill us afresh and anew, oh God. Give us the confidence and the boldness to speak the things of you and to live out who we are in you in front of the whole wide world. Lord, we thank you during this season for a drawing in of believers people that will leave the old behind and step into the new that is you, Father. Lord, we thank you ahead of time. I thank you for every family that is represented in this place. And Lord God, those ones that are already apprehensive about seeing different people, Lord, I pray right now a sensitivity to your Holy Spirit to know how to navigate the conversations, to know when to speak and when to hold back and when to just give a hug. Lord, I thank you right now for being present in those conversations. And for the ones that may feel lonely during this season, oh Lord God, I thank you that this is their opportunity to sow a seed and to step out and to engage with other people, oh God, and to be drawn into the community that is you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now for deep friendships, for deep relationships, oh God, for people that are learning how to open up their hearts and their home to real life people and seek deep into relationships. Lord, I thank you, Father, and I praise you in this place. Can we give a big amen and thankfulness to God? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.